listening to BuddhistGeeks.com, August 27, 2007, Episode 34, An Antidote to Seriousness. In this episode, Robert Spellman delves into the liberating nature of humor and laughter. He also touches on the question of whether a genuine spiritual practice leads to a diminishing of one's personality. This is part two of a three-part series. This episode of Buddhist Geeks is sponsored by the Do No Harm Movement. To find out more about the Do No Harm Movement and to receive a free Do No Harm bumper sticker and wristband, please visit www.donoharm.us. Humor and how it relates to the path or how it relates to what you're calling being awake because presumably the path and being awake some sort of connection there. I hope so. Yes. <laughs> um, so I was wondering, maybe from both angles, what role do you see it taking while someone's on the path? And what role do you see it taking when someone's really awake? Like they're a living, breathing example of an awake person. Mm-hmm. Like I, I often get the, get the sense from practitioners that humor is antithetical to um, the spiritual path. And somehow it's about getting away from your personality and all the bad things. And like you were saying, this, this community that you feel attracted to is not that way at all. Uh, there's something real human about it. So I suspect your answer is going to have something to do with that. But still, I'd like to, to pose that question to you. Mm-hmm. Well, there are a couple of things in there that um, I think humor is a, uh, obviously, it's obviously a way of penetrating something. Mm. Uh, you know, that, that uh, what causes us to laugh is, uh, I think in the end, kind of mysterious. We don't, really, we don't really know, you know, there's no scientific explanation for why laughter occurs. Mm. But if you, if you notice what happens you know to your mind when you're laughing that's a, that would be one thing to contemplate mm. uh, that when you know when something really cracks you up and you really you really crack up you know that uh, there's a there's a combination of um uh well you could say it's like not being fixated you know because you you can't really say what it is that's going on you know you're just <laughs> making this sound and you know your sides hurt or especially when you have a have a you know, a really good guffaw. There's something about the, um, it, it's like being out of control in a positive sense, that you're not trying to control everything. You're just sitting there holding your sides and shaking, mm. which um, uh, that state of mind and body is uh, worth, I would say, worth pursuing. Mm. You know, not not in a, uh, in a way of trying to appropriate it, because you can't, you know. Uh, there's nothing worse than fake laughing. You know, it's just, uh, there's something... Uh, but but everyone knows what laughter is mm-hmm. because it, it sneaks up on us mm. all the time. I think it's also a very important quality uh, to um, uh, as an antidote to uh, taking ourselves too seriously, and that's um, that's a, a one of the large dangers of any spiritual path is that we suddenly uh, start taking things very seriously. Mm. And in a negative way or a, a confused way, things suddenly become really heavy and serious. And sorry, there's no room for jokes or humor here. Right, right. And that's that's maybe it's just the the circles I've hung around in, but that's something I've I've kind of noticed uh, creeping in, not only to people I've seen, but in myself. Mm-hmm. So it's it's something that seems to go along with 
serious practice, right. quote, unquote. <laughs> right. Well, th- one of the things that really attracted me to meditation practice was the effect that it had on my own pr- sense of humor. And I noticed that I was not alone here, is that if you uh, really practice meditation in- intensively uh, for, you know, morning till night, uh, you know, in an intensive retreat, say, it is inevitable that's, that things start getting very funny. And I don't know what, I, I've never been able to, uh, to explain this or understand exactly why, but it was one of the things that made me trust this path, was that if the outcome of it is this extremely high-quality laughter uh, that can come seemingly out of nowhere, then uh, I'm in. <laughs> you know, I mean, the difference between that and, and uh, you know, if you look at a, at a religious fundamentalism, for, an, for example, you know, of any stripe, it doesn't matter who's, who's got it, and it's, it's everywhere. Sure. Um, one of the most noticeable qualities is an absolute absence of humor. Mm. There's no humor there. You know, there's nothing, there's no humor. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, all of the, and it, and it actually leads, as we see on a daily basis, to uh, uh, astonishing acts of cruelty and violence. Mm. Uh, there's some uh, utter, lab, uh, you know, absence of humor. Mm. Yeah, well, while you were talking, I was just kind of connecting some ideas about humor and realized when, when I've been laughing like that, I'm, I'm really in a state of taking things pretty lightly. Mm-hmm. Like there's something, a lightness about things or what you're describing an intense practice, it's like things, they're kind of dreamlike, so to speak. They're kind of light or not as so real. And that there's something kind of humorous or funny about that. That's, that's yeah. makes perfect sense from that angle, why it would be important. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. That's good. And, and what about this, this idea um, that as one becomes more awake, somehow one's personality uh, kind of diminishes in a roughly equivalent fashion, sort of like a direct correlation there, uh, awakeness equals like zero personality. I mean, that's obviously an extreme view, but mm-hmm. some people seem to have at least uh, tinges of that view. Yeah, well, I think uh, a couple of things about that. One is that uh, to distinguish between personality and facade, mm. you know, that in, um, I, think, um, I think people uh, conflate the two mm. uh, so that... Uh, you know that people assume that the this character that they present to the world is their actual being, when in fact it's uh, often just a set of uh, sort of licks. You know, mm-hmm. like a musician will collect a set of licks. You know, our personalities become a set of um, habits or assumptions about ourselves um, that are often not that uh, well thought out or well um, examined. Mm. I think it's important to distinguish between, uh, you know, the facade that we present to the world, an unexamined facade, to distinguish between that and something more fundamental to our being, mm-hmm. which, um, if you use the word personality, um, I think that, that you, can't, you can't not have a personality, mm-hmm. you know. So if you examine your, your existence and your mind and your, uh, your habits, um, you will discover, actually discover your personality in in the true sense of discovering you will uncover your personality and i think um uh, what you're describing of you know observing people going from sort of colorful bright uh, wonderful uh, vibrant people to sort of gray transparent <laughs> non-entities uh, i don't know it, it I, 
I would have to say that the, the people that I've seen, uh, especially the really, really uh, experienced older teachers, um, you know, right out of the traditions of Tibet or Thailand or Burma or anything, mm-hmm. I'm always surprised by how, how much personality they have. Mm. I mean, it's sort of, I don't know, uh, the, the terms that we're using are kind of strange. That it's Clearly, yeah. But I think that I think it's maybe distinguishing be- between facade and mm. personality, and I think the discomfort that a lot of practitioners have, especially in the first you know several years of practice, is is realizing that you're going to have to jettison some of your uh, mm-hmm. some of your little tricks. Mm-hmm. You know, they're going to have to be you're going to have to uh, let them go, mm-hmm. and there's something about that that's very uncom this discomforting. Mm. You know, so it's it's more of the facade that that kind of has to start being let go of. Not not so much the core ways that you interact with the world or like understand yourself. Yeah, you could say that because you can't um, discard the core. Right, right. You, you can't, it can't be done. But you can discard or discard the facade, as they'd say in Boston. Right, right. <laughs> and, well, here's here's another question is, that core, that core personality, is that ultimately who we are? Or is there something, I mean, is there something deeper than the core? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. The term core personality is sort of, uh, we could go in a lot of different directions with that. I, I, it's probably not that useful as a term, yeah. you know, a core personality. You know, sometimes the word uh, authentic being is used. Uh-huh. You know, but that's a uh, also can be an overused term, but it's uh, it's operating in the world without uh, without faking anything. Mm. You know, which is um, it's very difficult to do. It's very difficult to just be true. This has been a presentation of BuddhistGeeks.com. Copyright 2007. Music in this podcast provided by C for Chaos. For more great music and writing, visit his blog at www.cforchaos.com. Join us for the fourth annual Buddhist Geeks Conference, hosted in partnership with Mindful Cyborgs and Shambhala Sun from October 16th through the 19th in beautiful Boulder, Colorado. This year's conference will be exploring the convergence of Buddhism with modern culture and technology through informative keynote presentations, idea-packed TED-style talks, self-organizing community dialogues, and contemplative workshops and practice periods. This year's list of presenters includes the world's most quantified man, Chris Dancy, abbot of the village Zendo in New York City, Roshi Pat Enkyo O'Hara, and pragmatic Dharma provocateur Daniel Ingram, as well as many others. For more information and to register, visit BuddhistGeeks.com slash conference. After nearly a year in private beta, the Buddhist Geeks Network is now open for any independent practitioners who want to engage in interdependent practice. You can find out more about the Buddhist Geeks Network by visiting BuddhistGeeks.network. And if you'd like to join the community and join us in regular social meditation practice or other events that we host there in the network, all freely offered, 
you're very welcome to do so, again, by visiting BuddhistGeeks.network. Love to see you there.